good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Henny Cutter gave him. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues and human issues are Native issues. You are right, Dega. Uh, this portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we have uh, Juliet Rudy on the line here, and she's the director of the Minnesota Minnesota Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives Office. And we have uh, kind of an update that we'd love to talk to her about real quick. I know she's really busy up there in Bemidji. Uh, Juliet, are you there? I am here. Hey, good to talk to you. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on. I know you're busy up in Bemidji. I was wondering if you could tell our uh, audience what's going on up there. Well, what we did was we um, coordinated and collaborated a search with uh, Bemidji Police Department and then other law enforcement agencies, tribal, um, state, and federal agencies, and today was the, the first day of the search. We started this morning at about 8.30. We had a briefing, and um, volunteers came, and they um, registered, signed up, checked out equipment. And then they were um, given, like, a PowerPoint briefing, and then they were assigned to a team lead, which were uh, law enforcement officers. And then uh, before they went out, though, we had canine, nine canine teams that went out uh, to begin the search uh, for Nevea. And so throughout the day, they spent uh, the first couple of hours out there. Then they broke for lunch at 1230. They went back again. And now those teams should be all returned by now uh, between 430 and 5. And then they'll take a dinner break, a break. And then we'll be back at it again tomorrow. I just got to give you a big shout out. Naveo is uh, 15 years old when she uh, was missing in October 2021. And I mean, uh, parents need to know what happens has happened to their children. And I just want to give you a big shout out to uh, and the uh, people up there helping, whether it's the Bemidji Police Department or the missing and murdered uh, indigenous relatives office. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for doing this. It's so important and, um, and to keep a spotlight on our, on our young ones and our missing ones. Thank you for that. Um, because we really need to hear that. It's been, um, no, this office has been in existence for about a year and a half. And the first year I was out in the community listening to concerns that they had, about our missing and murdered indigenous relatives. And um, and if you go back and you look at that Wilder report um, that the missing and murdered uh, women's task force put together in uh, 2019 to 2020, and you hear the, about the concerns that uh, the indigenous community had about response, um, reporting response and victim services for our missing and murdered indigenous relatives. You hear, I think we hear those stories every day. We, um, when we're visiting our relatives out on the tribal nations in the urban native communities, we hear them stories every day, um, about what was reported in, um, in that research that Wilder did with the MMIW, MMI, MMIW task force, um, in the report. So, um, being uh, being able to help have an impact or make a difference uh, for Indigenous people um, in Minnesota. Um, my team and I, we have a passion for it. Um, and, you know, uh, three of us come from tribal nations. Um, uh, one of us is 
Filipino and Jewish, and she's very proud of it, and we're very proud of having her on our team Mm -hmm. uh, representing and um, making a difference and having an impact on MMIR. You know, I'm looking at the list of people that are helping uh, up there called the Rescue Ministries, uh, Central Lake and Research, uh, a lot of, uh, and of course, Leech Lake Tribal Police, uh, Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. What can our listeners, and we have listeners all over Turtle Island, what can they do to support your work and uh, get the word out? I know um, we have... uh, uh, people, keyboard warriors that share this out, but it's also important for them to do other things. And what, what's a, a good thing that our listeners could do to support you, a, kind of a call to action? Um, so what, so can you, can you repeat the question? It was kind of a long question and I'm trying to figure out how to best answer it. <laughs> So what can they do to yeah, support us? What, how, what can our ma- listeners do to support support your work and what's going on up in Bemidji, or just support well, your work in general? We'll become we'll become educated on why we have missing and murdered Indigenous relatives. Um, look at um, issues surrounding human trafficking, um, and then also the risk factors. I mean, you know, and you know, with uh, substance abuse. Uh, also the child welfare system. And then there's also, um, you know, we have that historical trauma that comes from the boarding schools and, um, you know, all those different areas. Cause MMIR is, uh, it's a holistic, we have to have a holistic approach to it. And our community has to help us make a difference. You know, it's, it's not just law enforcement. It's our communities together that will have an impact on MMIR. So learning about what the issues are of MMIR is super important. Um, And that's kind of what our office does too. We give presentations and um, there's only four of us, but we're we're doing the best we can to get out in the community um, to educate the community about MMIR. I'm with Juliet Rudy, a director of Minnesota Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives, um, the office and the, and we're just really pumped here, especially on Native Ritz Radio and our listeners that we have such an office, uh, first of its kind across the country. Uh, and you're small but mighty. This is a huge thing. And you're up in Bemidji. And I just want to remind my audience that's just jumping on, uh, and listening is that we're, uh, having a search for a Nevaeh Kingbird who's been, uh, uh, missing for nearly two years, and it's really, uh, I just, again, have to commend you and uh, your organization and the state for uh, and the legislators uh, for funding funding this very important uh, 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 office in the, and I'm, so I'm really, uh, you know, it's an emotional time that we have this kind of representation, but it's also kind of disheartening too when we see the news and if this child might have had blonde hair and blue eyes it'd be on the news every day so i, I commend uh you and uh for for doing this this is just a, a huge huge uh thing and i appreciate you coming on any last words before we let you go well thank you i uh i'd just like to thank everybody that came up to help uh senator kunish came and visited and was able to get out into the field and see uh, how we were um, how we were working on the search. Um, there's just been a lot of support. I mean, we have to thank uh, Lieutenant Governor Flanagan and Governor Walls for signing the bill so that we could have this office and um, thanking the tribal nations and the urban native community for supporting us. Um, so it's just an honor to be able to work um, to have an impact on MMIR in Minnesota. Yes, uh, healing prayers for you. I know this is tough work, and thank you so much for stopping in. And we'll be uh, we'll be uh, getting updates from you um, every once in a while. We really appreciate you stopping in. All right, be done yeah. Oh, that was Juliet Rudy, uh, director of Minnesota Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives uh, Office here in the Minnesota. Hey, we'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. 
If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by. Stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. From chasing fall colors on a scenic road trip to epic hikes, fall festivals, apple orchards, or long hours on a patio, fall in Minnesota offers clear blue skies, an endless tapestry of color, and unmatched beauty, perfect for setting the stage for any colorful adventure. Plan your dream trip at exploreminnesota.com. Sponsored by Explore Minnesota, aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Back-to-school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by J.S. Bean Factory off Randolph Avenue in St. Paul, native-owned, bringing us the best coffee, keeping us awake. I am awake, and I love that coffee. Get Steve's Dark uh, Blend. I love that. Uh, it uh, makes my hair on my nose grow. So, hey, uh, we're really, uh, really pleased to have Maggie Lorenz on. I haven't talked to Maggie in a long time. And then we have Shelly Buck, too, uh, our good friend here. With uh, She works with... Uh, let me just look this up here so I don't get this wrong. Uh, President of Friends of the Falls in Minneapolis. So welcome, you two. And uh, we got a few things to talk about. Well, welcome, Maggie. Hi. Good to see you, Robert. Yeah, and good to see you. Uh, so something came across my Facebook page that I'd like you to uh, talk about uh, a little bit, and we can get into uh, a couple things here. I know I'm a little fired up here, and I know you are too. Uh, let's uh, fill our audience in what's uh, what's going on in uh, the last few days here. Well, um, I think there's a well. There's always a lot of things going on in the community, <laughs> right? But the thing that we're here to talk about today um, was uh, some headlines that came uh, came out over the weekend about. Um, a land uh, sale or a land transfer um, in Minneapolis to Red Lake Nation for a mm-hmm. project to develop an opioid treatment center, um, which is a great project. And I think it deserves to um, have news coverage and absolutely um, glad that the city of Minneapolis is partnering with Red Lake Nation so that this um, project can be developed. I think it's a great need in the community. And so um, any of my comments following have are not taking away from that. So I just want to preface with that. But Mm -hmm. um, but I think the the way that it was framed um, with the headlines in the media was something that was jarring for me. And I think um, for Shelly, without speaking for Shelly, but I think that's why she's here, too, and others in the community, um, because the headlines from both Care 11 and Fox 9 um, were framing this as a land back um, transfer. Um, which has two major problems, in my opinion. Um, First is that uh, Red Lake Nation or the Ojibwe Nation at at large um, have their traditional homelands on the East Coast and their modern-day communities um, in northern Minnesota. 
Um, the Twin Cities in, in Minneapolis, I think, is really undisputed Dakota territory. It's Dakota homeland, Dakota treaty territory. And so I think um, the headlines just, um, you know, are another kind of um, opportunity or another um, uh, situation, I think, where as Dakota people, we feel that we're erased in our homelands. Um, that our history here is not um, accurately represented in the media and school and education. And then, um, you know, I, I just, it's unfortunate that people continue to um, perpetuate these um, misrepresentations, misunderstandings. And we're in 2023, we've done so much work, I think as Indian people, and especially as Dakota people, um, trying to reclaim our narrative and our, our place in our homelands here in Minnesota Makoche. And so I think this, the headline was just um, really inappropriate. Um, and I can talk about the second piece too, a little bit about, you know, I just really don't think that this equates to land back for other reasons, but um, I want to give Shelly an opportunity to speak as well. Yeah, Shelly, welcome. And uh, we we see these narratives. We see uh, in the news media uh, really uh, disheartening news. And uh, that's kind of Maggie remembers years ago when Standing Rock was happening, why we started the show initially, uh, because all the fake news out there and half-truths. So uh, it, things don't stop. It's 2023. Yes, that's correct. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time. And I echo everything that Maggie has said. You know, it's, we continue to be erased, we continue to be forgotten, we continue to be invisible as Dakota people in our own homeland. And it's, it just continues. And you know, you, you tell people you educate people, and then you turn around and it happens again. I like Maggie. I'm so thrilled for Red Lake and for the work they're doing in the cities. I think it's amazing. And um, I wish more tribes could help out with that. But I do think that the news media with their headlines of land back and um, returning land is just really disheartening. And it just makes us all the same. I mean, everybody wants to continue to paint or to use one paint brush stroke for all tribes. And we're we're each our own sovereign nation, but in the state of Minnesota here, this is our birthplace. This is the place our creation story has us coming into human form from the waters of Minnesota. We don't have a migration story to this location. We've always been here. My family, even during the exile, did not leave this land. So my family has been here since time immemorial and to be erased and forgotten in our own homelands is just it fires me up and I, I want to do it in a respectful way because I do appreciate the project that is going to be going on to this location. But I do think that it's time for the states, for organizations, whether it's nonprofits, uh, native or non-native led, it's time for them to start truly working with the federally recognized tribes in the state and uh, doing consultation. And at the very least, the Dakota tribes should have been consulted in this or at least uh, part of the conversation so uh, we weren't uh, surprised by a, a news me a news line this weekend. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think it's it's really really good to bring up this point, and that point is that uh, Lakota Dakota have been here forever, and we don't have a a traveling story. Uh, we came from somewhere else, and and I think that's a narrative white people like to bring up uh, is because they feel guilty about taking over our land, and they they consider us uh, moving from somewhere too. So they just moved in after we did, and and it's really a big false narrative out there, Shelley. It really is, and a lot of people don't understand this because obviously the education system in this country fails everyone when it comes to the original history of the lands. But um, there was an 1825 Treaty of Prairie du Chien that created a, a line, a, a territory line between the Chippewa and the Dakota. And uh, that line is north of the city. So, you know, per that treaty, the, the Chippewa or Ojibwe, Anishinaabe, they're at the northern side, whereas the Dakota are in the southern part. And the land in the Twin Cities is in the Dakota Territory. So, you know, to, to add more fuel to the fire, there's that little piece of history that's not 
known about. Well, Shelley, too, we're all sovereign nations, and I don't think people understand that, what that means. That's like the the government, local government or national governments dealing with Paris. They don't understand, you know what I mean, or France. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't understand that. Uh, speak upon that just a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. We're each our own little, I guess, for for those who are non-Native to understand, we're our own countries. We have our own sovereignty, our own laws, our own governments. We we are able to have jurisdiction over our own lands, over our own, our own uh, businesses. And um, you can't just treat us all the same. There may be similarities, like with the four Dakota tribes. I can really only speak to the Dakota tribes since I am a Dakota woman. Um, but the four Dakota tribes here in the state, we have very similar things amongst us, a similar history, similar culture, sim- similar language but we still have our own individualities amongst us as sovereign nations. And you can't just assume because it's okay with one, it's going to be okay with the other. You can't just assume that just because you're um, have, have a real estate transaction with one tribe, you're going to be doing something positive for all tribes because you're not. And I think that narrative needs to really be understood. And just like the tribes do, in the uh, state legislature with the uh, tribal state relations training, we need to do something like that with the media and other people so they understand that tribes are separate sovereign nations and should be treated like that. And there's a history here in the state of the original inhabitants that were not taught to you, or at least not taught properly in the education system. Or to uh, people in the media, which is, again, you know, like I was saying earlier, uh, in 2016, we started this show because I would see a protest for uh, Dakota Access Pipeline, and there would be, uh, in my own line eyes, there would be 2,000 people, and then you'd see the press and the the helicopters there, and they're only videotaping half the crowd, and they say hundreds. And so that just irritated me because the... Uh, uh, it's one thing they're afraid of us, but they also don't think we're still here. And and it's lazy journalism. It really is. And, you know, as a president of a nonprofit, I have to spend a large portion of my time educating someone before I can even go and uh, get to the actual work at hand. And even at, when I was a tribal leader, I would go to a, whether it be a, a legislator or a business or some other individual, and I'd have to educate first about who we are and then get to the, the issue at hand. Well, and uh, can you guys hold on for another segment? I think we're just getting into this. Hey, we're with Shelly Buck, and she's president of Friends of the Falls. And our friend Maggie Lorenz, uh, uh, she is here too. One of the things uh, uh, I'd like to talk about a little bit too is uh, – <laughs> when when we are asked to do uh, land acknowledgments, we know whose land this is. It's uh, up to uh, uh, our white allies and friends to uh, do their own uh, land acknowledgment. We can talk a little bit more about that. Hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Be a vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite resilient as ever and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn. 
health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. I love my Toyota vehicles, so when I have to get service done, there's only one place I go. Rudy Luther Toyota. They know Toyota's inside and out. It starts with them checking your alignment and tire treads with their Hunter Quick Check Drive Inspection Service. Oil changes, tires, batteries, wipers, no matter what you need done, they can help you with reliable Toyota parts and the best service team in Minnesota. Check out their website, RudyLutherToyota.com, for service and parts specials just for Toyota vehicles. Get your Toyota serviced at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. I'm Rachel Schroman, owner of Schroman Law, and I believe you deserve information. Our firm offers free quarterly estate planning seminars at our office in St. Paul. At these seminars, you can learn the basics of estate planning from an attorney to help you determine which estate planning documents will meet your needs and goals in an efficient and cost-effective manner. You can learn more and register at our website, schromanlaw.com slash events. That's S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N Law. Dot com slash events. Hey, it's Tom. Since 2009, All Energy Solar has been providing solar energy solutions to customers. With fully licensed electricians and installers, you can be sure that your solar installation will go smoothly. The team at All Energy Solar understands that every customer is unique. They'll take the time to survey and understand your property to find a solar solution that works for you. One of the biggest advantages of going solar is the opportunity to take advantage of the many solar incentives available. But it can often be confusing to know what you're qualified for. All Energy Solar Professionals will help you find out what savings you can apply for and even help with your applications. This is especially important since many rebate programs have limited capacity and are first come, first serve. So it's important to have a professional on your side who will make sure you get every eligible rebate. Get a free no-obligation assessment from All Energy Solar's commercial solar specialists by calling 800-620-3370 or visit allenergysolar.com. Boujou, hello. My name is Wabin. I am an enrolled member of the White Earth Nation, descendant of the Navajo Nation, and co-chair of the Indigenous Employee Resource Group with the Minnesota Department of Transportation. MnDOT is hiring for a variety of positions from road maintenance to accounting and more. We offer great benefits. For more information or to set up a one-on-one resume and application assistance, visit mn.gov slash careers or you can text or call 612-257-2388. 612-257-2388. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilio. Rainy conditions this evening, then fog overnight with a low of 59. More rain possible Tuesday with a high of 67. Vinaigrette can add the perfect complement to your next home-cooked meal. Taste test their wide selection of oils and vinegars, and they'll bottle it for you right on the spot. Vinaigrette is located at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis. Check them out at vinaigrettemn.com. AM 950 KTNF, St. Louis Park, Minneapolis, St. Paul. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Hey, I am here with Maggie Lorenz, Executive Director of Wacon TP, and also Shelley Buck, President of Friends of the Falls, and we're having a discussion, and I think this discussion goes pretty deep, uh, just the way things are, but it's also a big disrespect of what's uh, of us as sovereign nations, as individual uh, tribes, you know, and, and just bad reporting. Uh, right, Maggie? Yeah, yeah. So... You know, the other, you know, earlier in the previous segment, we, you know, I mentioned that, uh, you know, how can you, the headlines, you know, like tr- giving land back to, to Red Lake, it's like, how can you give land back to a nation who, who's, um, n- it's not their traditional land. So that right there doesn't make any sense. But then, um, you know, the other part about it is the, the framing this as like a land back. Mm. kind of issue or you know and when i think about land back i think of you know it's a it's a movement and it's a um like a radical kind of like change uh in systems of how um land managing agencies land owning you know transfership happens things like that 
And then ultimately the goal is for Indigenous people to be able to reconnect with their homelands, reconnect with their sacred sites, reconnect with their traditional plants and medicines, and reconnect with the, the sacred um, elements in the land. So that's what land back means to me. And so when I hear that this, you know, this project being uh, and this transfer, um, this sale, essentially, it's a land development project that really isn't any different than the way the city of Minneapolis currently operates with developers. And so, um, you know, transactions of city lots for a dollar is not unique to this project. And so I feel like, again, back to your point, uh, Robert, about this being kind of like lazy reporting or or maybe it's sensationalizing um, with this headline that isn't really, you know, to try to make something seem like more than what it is. And and what it really is, is, is a standard project development partnership between the city of Minneapolis and Red Lake Nation to develop an opioid treatment center. Um, the way that the land was transferred is standard in their office. So this isn't like a, a major shift or change for the city of Minneapolis and the way it do, currently does business. And it doesn't, in my opinion, um, fall under what land back really means is reconnecting indigenous people to their homelands and their sacred sites and their medicines. This is a development project and it's going to help Indian people, but I just really don't see it as, as meeting the criteria of what the movement of land back is all about. Wow, really good point. And even in that report from Channel 9, I, I heard them say that this lot had been empty for many, many years. I thought it was something like 40 years. And uh, so uh, in this in this bad, uh, bad uh, analogy, uh, they are getting rid of a, maybe a, a, a land that this, <laughs> the city doesn't even want, you know. So again, I, you know, I was talking a little bit, Shelly, in, in the in the la- end of the last segment that people stopped asking me to do a land acknowledgement because I just say, "Give us our land back." That's my land acknowledgement. <laughs> That's a very good point, and I <laughs> do get asked to do some land acknowledgements, and I say no, um, you know to do a land acknowledgement really is kind of meaningless. And if you are going to proceed with a land acknowledgement, you need to make sure that you have a plan to do action work after that. It can't just be a simple, here's a land acknowledgement, pat ourselves on the back, we've done a great job. Now we can move on with our business. It takes a lot of work to do what needs to be done after that. I even had one group ask me to read a land acknowledgement. And I said, no. This land acknowledgement isn't for me. I know whose land I'm on. This is a a land acknowledgement for all of you to understand whose land you are, at least start to begin to understand whose land you are. And then once you do that, there's a lot of action that needs to come with it. And people don't understand that, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of education. It's a lot of soul searching and really being vulnerable and opening up to the, unfortunately, not so great history we have here in the state and Mm. uh, being willing to acknowledge it, accept it and do better because of it. Right. And, uh, you know, you know, Michelle, I'm a, I I don't talk about it much on, on the show, but I represent Ho-Chunk and I'm wondering how someone like me could, uh, move this forward you know is this something that we could talk to the legislature of our states about uh having some sort of uh education for media i mean i think you kind of touched a little bit about that but how could Mm -hmm. we how can we uh be proactive about this because this is not going away it's not only uh, it it's it's subtle. If it's a younger reporter, it's probably a uh, lack of knowledge and laziness. And if it's an older reporter, it, it may be done for a reason. Yes, definitely. There's, we could definitely do it. I don't think we need to get the state involved. I mean, that would be an, an extra step. But mm-hmm. we could uh, work with possibly the Department of Commerce, who does the tribal state relations training. But there are other people who, who do this kind of stuff. And would be possibly willing to do it outside of their regular job, but it's something we could do on our own and do a true grassroots uh, education on this and, and bring the media in and, and truly see who who's there to report the real news and who's there to just sensationalize and, and make things not so right. 
Hey, I'm here yeah. with Shelly Shelley Buck, uh, president of Friends of the Falls, and uh, Maggie Lorenz, a director of Wacon TP. Maggie, did you have a, a response to that? Well, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, um, the organization, and there's been different iterations, so I'm not sure if I'm keeping up on things, but um, Illuminatives has um, been doing a lot of work around media, uh, indigenous representation in media, how media reports on um, indigenous issues. And so, you know, I think about, um, and, you know, this, this could be something again, that like it, it could be in consultation or co- a cooperation with the tribes or, or the Minnesota Indian Affairs Council, maybe partnering with Illuminatives to do some kind of work here or project here um, in the state of Minnesota for our news media um, outlets. It could be, um, partnership or collaboration with McGizzy Communication, who focuses on their nonprofit on communications and reporting and journalism. So, you know, there are different organizations and entities that I think um, could play a big role in how we solve this problem. But um, I think back to your point, um, definitely some more education is needed because unfortunately, um, it just the K-12 system and the higher education systems hardly scratch on the surface of indigenous history and culture, if, if at all. A- absolutely. And I think you know me, Maggie, and Shelley as somebody that, uh, you know, I'm uh, burned bridges with a flamethrower when I was younger, and now I, I do those protests, and, and those seem to work. But in uh, how do we do this in a, in a business? We reach out to somebody like McGeezy and say, hey, we really – would like you to look into this and and move this forward. Uh, I'm trying to look for a, a, a call of action in a sense, you know, because I think we're, uh, you know, I'm used to going now. All right, well, let me start a Facebook group here and let's go protest Channel Eleven, Channel Nine. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's not to cut you off, Shelley, but I think that you know, um, protests and rallies, especially like in the. Uh, in the, in the heat of the moment are kind of things that really do capture people's attention that move towards action. But there's also other ways like um, partnerships and collaborations and long-term kind of planning that follow. But I think getting attention on the, on the issue, um, you know, a protest or a rally might, might be it or a letter writing campaign or something like that. I'm not sure, but Shelly, I'll let you speak because I know I kind of cut you off there. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. We're too strong to quote a we on. We have a lot to say and Ooh, I'm what? fine with that. <laughs> but no, I think, you know, for me personally, my first instinct is to fight, is to, you know, throw the gloves off and go at it. But um, my 12 years as a tribal leader kind of taught me to take a step back, evaluate, reevaluate possibly even write it down or start text or doing a post on Facebook and then don't send it. Just stop and sit in it for a while. And that's what I did over the weekend because I just stewed over this all week long. As soon as I found out about it, I was on vacation. I just stewed over it the whole time. And and uh, I, I knew if I responded in that moment, it would be disrespectful. And I didn't want to be disrespectful because at the root of it, like we've said, that project is an amazing project that, that's going to help a lot of people. And we are all for that. Um, but the way the media has portrayed this land transfer is just not right. And, you know, we we need to do the collaborations, the partnerships. I've learned that networking is so very important uh, for the causes that we all have commonalities with. And um, I think, you know, getting those groups and I think Illuminatives is great. And I'm glad Maggie brought that up because they have done that work on a national level. And I think having them work with somebody like a McGizzy who they McGizzy could learn a lot from Illuminatives and they could really help those kids learn um, some really positive action items for them to take forward into their adult lives and, uh, you know, doing positive things like that and doing this just in a good way. Um, I try not to get involved in a lot of the protests and rallies, not because I don't want to. I just know that for me, that anger, that that rage, that uh, strong person that's inside of me might come out. And I don't want it to ever be taken as disrespectful. 
because I do try to do things in the most respectful way. Trust me, when I'm upset with you or I'm angry with you or you've done something that I think is wrong, you know it without me having to yell at you or smack you in the face for it. So I think doing it in a better way is probably positive. Yeah, I've been trying to do that too, especially with my job now. And uh, um, I've been people's tolerance tester and uh, uh, burning uh, bridges with the flamethrower. And I've had to uh, settle down in my 60 years of living here. Maggie, uh, we got a minute left here. I really appreciate you guys stopping in. And I think we should follow up. I think we should talk about... Uh, you know, frame this as media, uh, you know, because there, there's not only are, are the media talking, uh, talking points, but they're, they're giving uh, the media, there's something wrong with the media. And we've always known that. And at least here on this progressive station across the country, we we're on, uh, we can talk, uh, without worried about, you know, uh, big uh advertisers leaving me so i i I just appreciate that's frame this in a good way and just on the last the last thing i want to say is that um somebody made a comment um an ojibwe woman from up north made a comment on shelly uh made a post about this on facebook and this is just i want to leave on this note her name's irene folstrom she made a great point she said that the media's current narrative about red lake's recent um, real estate transaction is harmful to all tribes because it paints a picture of justice and action when in fact very little has been done by the state or local governments in Minnesota to actually restore tribal homelands. Wow. I think that was a perfect sentiment and perfect way to wrap this up. Wow. We're going to, uh, we're going to take off. That's a great, we're going to drop the mic and take off. Thank you, Shelly and Buck. Really good to see you. Maggie Lorenz, always a pleasure. Um, that's, uh, that's stay vigilant, you know, and I really appreciate you two strong women and I stand behind you. Thanks pilot. All right. We'll see you. Hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio presents. I'm awake and we'll be back after the short break. Stay with us. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. The Mary T. family of companies serve seniors and people with a wide range of disabilities. We provide home health care, hospice services, and accessible rental housing. This is Mary T., and we'd like you to join us. We're hiring direct care professionals, CNAs, nurses, and other support services. Our mission is to provide quality, personalized services to meet the unique and evolving needs of the people that we serve. Join a Minnesota family-owned company that was founded on a history of care. Apply today at MaryTInc.com slash careers. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl! Howl!
<laughs> Good one. Hey, uh, what a show to start the week off here. Um, that was a great, great show. Well, we, we still have a segment here to mess it up. So um, that's uh, – <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you, Haley, too, before we uh, uh, talk a little bit about the, the, the great show so far, is that you were uh, uh, checking out the Eagles. You wanted to talk a little bit about that at all? Uh, that was yeah. – uh, that place has been re redone and remodeled down there. And um, talk, talk to our listeners a little bit about your experience. Yes. So I was uh, very lucky to be hosted by the National Eagle Center down here in Wabasha, Minnesota over the weekend. I headed out there Saturday morning and uh, attended their fall flight event that they had um, their migration event for the Eagles or the Chashups, as we know them, Robert, uh, coming yeah. from Eagle, Cl- Eagle Clan of Ho-Chunk Nation. Um, and it was amazing. Big shout out to Ed Hahn, Director of C- Communications out there for meeting with me. It was so great to meet you and, and check out your birds. Um, I got to see Angel, which was a bald headed eagle and she was 25 years old, um, wow. which totally shocked me because I'm 25. So oh, just wow. to, yeah. I mean, can you imagine a, a bird or, I mean, it's not even a bird. They call them, they're raptors actually. Yeah. So a, a raptor, uh, being the same age as me is pretty cool. Um, you know, it's interesting about eagles too, and we've learned this from fun facts from Wendy's over the years. Is that yeah. you know they uh, their heads don't turn white until they're like six years old, which I did not know. I thought they automatically were uh, bald. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Well, I think that's called so your adolescent uh, little eagle. Are they, I think, I believe those are the spotted eagles, right? They come in as spots and they look like white spots before their head turns white. I think they're all black. I think uh, the spotted ones may be the the golden eagles. I could be totally wrong. And now I'm speculating. And and now the show is going down the tubes, Haley, because of me. I know. Now we got to do a fact check again real quick. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) Yeah, well, it was very cool and um, a ver- a fun fact that I didn't know about chashups or eagles. So when we talk about their diet, they don't uh, raptors such as eagles don't consume nuts or um, I guess any type of nuts in their diet. And what they usually consume on is meat or fish and flesh. So their bite force with their beak isn't as strong as one would think. Um, in comparison, if, if a human were to make a fist as tight as they can with their hand, that's about double the eagle's um, beak force is. And, yeah, you know what very else interesting. Is, you know what else is interesting uh, that I learned from Wendy over the years is that, uh, and we know this because there's eagle, uh, eagle bone whistles, but the eagles are hollow uh, boned. And oh, um, that's what makes them makes them lighter and fly really high yeah so hey the we're more learning. you know <laughs> yeah well fun fact fridays with wendy I, I i pay attention on a monday yeah 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 Yeah, right exactly well hey uh i was at powwow for hope at the same time and that's uh, a powwow that uh it's been going on for 12 years and it was kind of um uh, not happening the last few years because of COVID, but it was a great response. Uh, Deanna Thunder, Deanna Thundercloud was the MC, which is an amazing thing because I don't know how many MCs there are out there that are women that are, uh, right. you know, uh, doing the powwows. And so good to see her. We saw, I saw state Senator Mary Kunish do a speech. Uh, and also I won, uh, in the silent auction, a uh, applique apron and a um, uh, autographed baseball too. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Hey, I yeah. also met someone really cool out at the National Eagle Center, Inkpa Manny, I N K P A M A N I, Inkpa Manny Art, and he had some of his art up on the exhibit there at the National Eagle Center. Yeah. Native, so if you want to follow him on Instagram, check out some of his work. Very beautiful hey, uh, colored pencil sketches as well. Do you remember, uh, you, you mentioned too, I said, did you see the statue by the river? 
And it's amazing when you go down uh, that part of the river, especially when it stays open down there, is yeah, that the eagle. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, the eagles are down there by the hundreds and hundreds, which is amazing. But um, that statue that was by the river uh, had mentioned Ho-Chunk, you said. Yeah, I'm trying to that. pull that up. And let's see. So that they have a, a statue and then a, a monument out there along the Mississippi River down in Wabasha outside of the National Eagle Center. And the statue is called the leaf and this person was born in the 1760s and became the highly skilled diplomatic leader of the dakota nation from the late 19 or sorry excuse me 1790s through 1836 the son of the greatest hero of the dakota nation he was recognized by the americans as the first chief of his tribe and had such contacts with the spanish american and british officials and he also worked closely with Ojibwe, Ho-Chunk, and Sac and Fox tribes as well. Well, ho- always get yeah. that, throw that Ho-Chunk in there. ho uh, oh, Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Um, so we got a, a, a good week happening. Wendy is going to be home, so she'll be on uh, Native Roots Radio. And it, I just have to end, too, that uh, was it last Friday or was it Thursday? Must have been, it was Thursday that we met some of the sponsors of AM 950 and some of the, uh, uh, some of the, uh, people that, uh, oh, Thursday. yeah, that, uh, advertise and some of the, the, the talent here. And it was great to see, uh, of course, Matt McNeil and, uh, and also Greg Bakken, whose show is just taking off at 10 o'clock and, uh. And it's a well-needed show because it's a lot of fun. It's about uh, ghosts, UFOs, yeah. and all those great things. And as people probably know, or maybe they don't know about Native Americans, is we come from Earth and Sky. And uh, that may mean uh, we might be aliens here in uh, our own land. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> well, I'm I'm curious to see if any natives out there have some good folklores yeah. or legends or scary stories that they scary would stories be would be great. Share. Yeah, because we don't want to talk about the the folk folklores because of uh, those are kind of private. But maybe some st- scary mm-hmm. stories that would be that would be awesome yeah. to hear. Maybe maybe uh, when we uh, when we sit in and host for uh, Greg some night, we can get get some uh, scary. Uh, Natives, native stories out there. Or a Halloween edition, Native Roots. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Hey, if you're listening to the show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops. The ground in which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. 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 Hey, I am the